What's up, everybody? Uh, it's Luki Mashita. I am just putting out this little podcast here of me kind of just talking for a while, honestly. Um, and it's more for me for than for anybody else. I feel like it's just kind of therapeutic. I don't even know if anybody's going to listen to this. If you are, you're a real fan. But I uh, just kind of wanted to, like, talk through things that I'm going through right now and, and kind of my process for season two and what that's going to look like. So if you're listening to this, this is information that I'm not going to put out anywhere else. So um, <clears throat> you're getting, I don't know how to say this, exclusive, I guess, um, information. But uh, I have a lot of time on my hands right now because Aubrey and Landon have COVID, and I think I do too. Um, but they both tested positive, and then I tested negative, but I woke up this morning like with a cough, and I don't feel too hot right now. I got a little bit of a headache, so... I think I have COVID, um, and it's the middle of winter break, so I have nothing to do. I'm kind of just sitting around in my room all day, so I figured, you know, why not record something random and then put it up on Spotify, but um, just kind of, you know, walking through uh, stuff that's going on in my life. I announced, uh, you know, that we're coming back for season two. Um, I announced on on the first on New Year's, um, and I'm really excited. Like, I really am. I, I feel like you know, I found such a new, interesting way to kind of use my gifts um, when I when I started the show. And a lot of people ask me, like, you know, what made you want to start it? Like, what was your idea for this? And um, it honestly started with, um, like, the I had always wanted to do a podcast. Like, that was always something that I I'd wanted to do. Um, and I, I actually, I have failed podcasts that I've started. I've stopped, like I, uh, I literally do. Like I have podcasts that I, I worked on that I even did promotional photos for that I came up with names with. I even have clips probably that I could find on my phone where I interviewed people with, uh, questions like this and, you know, kind of told certain people about it and, and brainstormed a bunch of different names. But they never really took off because I didn't really know enough people, I felt like, to, to kind of get it off on the ground. And then um, I think the real thing that made me want to start was was meeting Lace. Like, honestly, that's what said, like, oh, like, you could do this. Like, it was always in my mind, like, maybe maybe I could start something like a podcast or like a YouTube thing where, you know, I could just be Mr. Class Clown, stupid guy, right? And then I met Lace and I was like, this guy is like me, but like, take the dials and like twist them all the way to this, like just turn and I'm like, it's like me turned up, you know, like more extreme, you know, funnier in a lot of ways, like more just like out there. And so when I met him, I was like, dude, I'm going to interview this guy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to interview him. That's going to be my first one. And we already have classes together. People already know we're kind of friends and we kind of like get to build off each other in these classes. We had health together, which as you can imagine, um, health with Luke and Leith is kind of like, you know, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. So just like noticing that dynamic that we had was like, okay, like, I think I'm ready to, you know, try this. And, um, that's why we started it. That's why, that's why I personally started it. Um, and then it ended up saying, you know, like I started meeting new people and I was like, cool, you know, let's get Dana on, let's get Aiden on, let's get, you know, Kyan and Matt and Riley and Betty and whoever, you know, Aubrey did one where she had Brianna Huff come on and like Lily and, um, you know, I did a bunch of things with different people. I did stuff with Eric. I did stuff with, um, 
Lathe, of course, with my boy Cooper Sanchez and Chase up when we went to Tahoe. Um, so just a bunch of Ethan and Jack and like just a lot of cool people. And so that was kind of why I started it was just like, I want to hang out with people and I want to kind of use these gifts that I feel like God has given me. And, and, you know, I wanted to make something kind of that would be like, like the, the thing I love about all the late shows is it's like, it's like America's like, this is where you, you check in. Like, this is where you check in with the people who get you excited. This is where you check in with, you know, all this stuff, right? It's like kind of America's, uh, you know, just like America's TV show. That's what the late shows are. So that's kind of what I wanted this to be is like, this is Pleasanton's or Foothills TV show where you get to see like people, obviously it's mostly just our class, but like people who you love and people who make you laugh and you get to kind of see them do fun things and you just get to appreciate those people even more. And it, it, it makes you like, it feels like there's something more central like this year. I want to interview more people with like businesses or with something that like musicians or comedians or, you know, people trying to do stuff in acting or whatever it is athletes, you know, I'm probably going to get Torben on and really sit down and talk him through like the mind of an athlete and like the psychology of going through an injury. Cause that's something that I've gone through. I'm currently going through right now, like not being able to run and then him, you know, not being able to play, like that's really interesting. And, you know, get to get to put people on where it's like they have something to promote, um, which is a lot of times how the tonight shows or the late shows actually work. So Uno momento, let me get some agua real quick. Ah, a little ASMR for you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's why I started. And, you know, people are asking, like, what's the deal with season two? Like, where are you going with that? And it's going to be a lot like season one, except I'm I'm trying to, like, take it up a notch. I'm trying to make it more professional. Um, got m- crazy editing software with, like, way more possibilities than I had before, like, I can do things where I can put like another screen on the screen so I like can react to stuff and I can do just so much stuff. I can change the lighting. I can do filters. I can do, you know, just a bunch of stuff that I, you know, never would have been able to do just on iMovie. So um, that's really cool. It's CapCut. Shout out to some people from my video production class who recommended it to me. But you know, I'm just using the stuff that I've learned um, to, and the people who I've met to make this season even better. And so episode one, what I'm doing for that is still up in the air. I was supposed to shoot episode one tomorrow, uh, but then the COVID thing happened. So uh, I'm going to have to push that back to later. Um, And honestly, I'm going to have to push the whole season back probably to later because I had three episodes planned to release. So that's, that I planned to film. Um, so that means I have, or almost four episodes, actually four. Yeah. So that, that me getting sick pushes the show back four weeks because that means that I don't have, uh, right. Like if I, if I started, let's say if I started April 1st was one of the dates that I threw around cause it's a Friday. It's the beginning of a month. Um, it's, you know, just a, a good date, right? So I say April 1st, then if I had all these videos that I did during winter break, I literally wouldn't have to do anything for a month. I just release and I could keep filming on the weekends. 
And then there's there's four weeks I don't even have to think about because I already have four pre-recorded episodes and other little videos. I probably have three, two or three videos that I can just throw in in the middle just to keep people satisfied and then like upload that and then people will, you know, I, I'm good for a month. But since that didn't happen, I'm probably gonna have to push it back later. I want to start before school gets out, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. Maybe I'll start like May 1st will be my first episode. Um, but ideas for the first episode I've thrown out there. I, I was thinking about having Ragav on for the first episode. I think he would definitely be a crowd pleaser. and He's got his own YouTube channel too, so I thought that'd be funny. Um, I thought about having uh, Live On just like for the first one, like just me and her, and I feel like That'd probably get a lot of views, but I don't know if I'm going to still get to talk to her about that. But, um, And then I think the one that I came the closest to was one about, it was like me sitting down and I'm trying to start the show, but I keep getting interrupted. So we just get a bunch of big cameos. And I even filmed stuff for that. I filmed a cameo from Alex and a cameo from Yusuf. Um, and I wanted to film a lot more and I still might do that, but, um, I think the other idea that I had, I had a lot of ideas for the first episode because I kind of wanted to kick it off really well, um, was a lot of people make fun of me for like being like a dad. So I was going to do a video where it's like, you know, we return and we meet Luke again and he's kind of like acting like a dad, like he's wearing, you know, he's like tucking in his shirt and like, you know, reading these weird books and like talks like a dad, like I do all the time, like I sound like a dad. Um, and then like people are trying to heal me from being a dad and like make me a kid again. So like I was going to, we were, that was what we were supposed to film yesterday. And it was going to be, uh, you know, with Aubrey and Caitlin Espino and Claire Van Horn and Nolan Chavez, that was going to be kind of the cast for the first episode. But, um, (coughs) obviously because of, you know, that cough right there, uh, we weren't able to do that. So. Those are kind of my ideas. I don't know how many episodes I'm going to do. I'm probably going to try to put it at 10. And then I want to throw in good sketches and a good finale in there as well. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of interesting people I want to interview. I want to interview Chase Sanchez this year for sure. I want to interview uh, Torvin, I think. I want to get good interviews and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that's uh, a lot of what I have planned for this season. Um, and then, so stuff with stand up has been getting interesting. I've, I, I, it's crazy, but I, I haven't performed stand up comedy in two years. Um, and I've done stuff on stage. I've done improv shows. I've done, you know, I feel like I've done more than just the improv stuff, but I've done a couple things on stage since then, but I, I haven't had a chance to be able to do stand up. And honestly, like, I know I have the improv and I have the sketch stuff on the on the show and I have obviously just the YouTube stuff, but I think like first and foremost I'd consider myself a stand up guy, like that's like what I would want. Like that's if if I'm gonna go somewhere with this in the future, that's where I want to take it is stand up. I think that's where I'm the most gifted is in front of a live audience. Like I like being in front of a camera, but it's really hard for me to get that authenticity. There's something about just like me being alone in my room, just trying to be funny for nobody, you know, like it just doesn't like if I have somebody else there with me, it then it's fun because it's like I'm trying to make them laugh. Like I need somebody there 
who I'm trying to make laugh um, because then it just gives me like an actual target and I can actually like, not target, but like an actual audience and I can see if there's an actual response if I'm actually being funny. And so I'm also, I, I get nervous before I go on stage. Like I know I come out there with like the, like this confidence, like, like it looks like I don't, I'm not worried, but I totally am. Like I go out and do improv and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I go out there and I'm like, you know what? I'm really nervous and I need to make myself laugh so I can calm down and then make all of them laugh so that they, we can break that tension. And so <clears throat> that's why I love being in front of a stage. It's more genuine. It's actual social connection, which I love. I feel like you can be antisocial and have a really good YouTube channel, but that's not me. <clears throat> so um, I think, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going. And, and they're doing an open mic night. So I literally just found this out last night. They're doing an open mic night at the firehouse, which is where I do my improv. So I'm familiar with the stage and stuff. And they're doing comedy. So Makai and Hassan have told me that they will write for this. And so I think all three of us may end up, I don't know if they're going to do it for sure, but I'm definitely doing it, um, end up performing stand-up. So I think that will be the first day that I get to do stand-up in like two years, which like makes me really, oh my gosh, like... It's like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's like when you're an athlete and you like love, like I'm an athlete, I love to run, right? But I love doing stand-up way more. Like I love running, but I run because of the people and because of the exercise and like all that. Like I love running, don't get me wrong, but like I, I run it, I run so I can hang out with Hassan and, you know, freaking Elias and Sean and Elijah and... Claire and Caitlin and Nolan and wh whoever I'm leaving off of this list, like Lucia and Fatima, whatever. That's why I run. Um, but like with comedy, it's like I enjoy that so much and I haven't been able to do it in so long. It's like having an injury. Um, and so just thinking about being able to be back up there, it's so, it's just feel like just thinking about it, I get excited because that's like truly like, I know a lot of people, it's like, they get really nervous. They get really anxious. Their insecurities come out when they when they get on stage. And for me, it's like mine melt away the moment I'm on a stage. I'm, it's really weird. But it's like I could be nervous. I could be this. The moment I get out there and I make somebody laugh, dude, I am like on cloud nine. It's like the best feeling in the world. Um, and so I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited to see Hassan and Makai. Um, do stuff like I've 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 heard some of Makai's material and I've just like been around Makai and he's he's such a funny guy he's way in my opinion he's way funnier than me and he's just he's gonna kill it up there like he's literally he's going to destroy um, and I can't wait and Hassan too is like literally like the most charismatic guy like his jokes like he could very well go up there with horrible jokes and he's not going to because he's funny but like he could go out there with horrible jokes and he'll have the entire crowd just like in love with him the whole time because he's just, you know, so charismatic and, and all this stuff and was has been making me laugh since I met him with just like his mannerisms, like his vocabulary, the way that he like delivers his jokes. Um, it, it's really funny. And, you know, I think like, you know, you say like deliver his jokes like that's weird. Luke. Like he's never like on stage. But it's like we're all like I, I consider like I'm always doing a comedy set. 
like, I, like not always like i hate it when like a comedian doesn't have an off button like i a lot of times i just don't feel like being funny but like when i'm out in front of a like when i'm out like with a bunch of people or in a crowd like i'm like focusing on how i'm going to deliver this joke how i'm going to make people laugh and like a lot of people are like oh that sounds like an insecurity it's not it's just like something inside of me that i feel like i just need to make people laugh um and you know, I need their acceptance or I'm not going to be able to feel like a human being. Like I need everybody. No, just kidding. <laughs> See, everybody's like, wait, wait a second. What? No, I don't need you. It's, it's not that. It's just like, I want to <clears throat> express how I want to, that, like, that's how I express myself. So when I say like, you know, oh, his delivery, it's, it's kind of just like, um, it is his delivery. Like, it's totally like, this is how Hassan delivers his his comedy um because every day we're being comedians so um anyways i think another big thing for me with season two is like working together with people like i want to get ideas from people like i want to i'm trying to get other writers like not like we don't actually have writers for like i'm not actually a writer for the show like it's a youtube channel but I consider writers like people who come up with ideas, come up with jokes for me to say. And um, I want to expand that because I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of good ideas and I want to get their ideas on there. And I'm also working, I want to work, I want to work with, I'm working with artists right now. I have people who are doing digital art and designing art for my show and it looks just incredible. Like it looks like I literally like, they've they've told me to keep them who who it is anonymous but this person is absolutely incredible with their work and i i feel like you know it, it makes me feel like this is like a legitimate thing that we're doing with the show um by having these artists like create you know title pages and stuff like that and i'm really excited to kind of put that out there um and then social media stuff with social media i know people have been like luke you got to do instagram you got to do tiktok and I would love to, like, I feel like TikTok, I feel like TikTok would be so fun. I feel like I could make some really funny stuff on TikTok, but, uh, and I don't know, it's like, it's not a bad thing. I don't think TikTok or Instagram, like, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I kind of prayed about it. Like, I know a lot of people know, like, I'm a person of faith, like, I believe in God, and I feel like, you know, I let him influence a lot of the stuff, or I, I hope uh, it isn't this way, but it should be let him influence, you know, all of what I do. Um, and so, you know, I was kind of praying about this, like, should I get social media? Because I feel like, you know, once you get it, you can't like you've opened Pandora's box. There's no way you cannot have it. I mean, some people do, but it's like, once you have it, you can't not have it. Like you can reduce usage. You can do like, once you have it, you can't not have it. So I was kind of praying about it. And I was like, you know, like, what should I do here? And he said, look, like, I've never actually heard the audible voice of God, but he was basically like, what I got communicated to me was like, social media isn't bad. It can be definitely, but it's not bad, but I'm going to, but you shouldn't do it. Like, just wait, like, just trust me here. I'm not going to tell you why, but I'm just telling you not to do it. And I will expand your show for you. You don't need to use social media or Instagram. Just trust me. And so I heard it and I was like, that's crazy. Like social media is the easiest way to expand something. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was just like, just trust me. So that's all I'm doing, really. Like, if you don't, if I don't have Instagram, like, I don't have Instagram and TikTok, you wonder why? It's because I had a conversation with God and he said, don't do it. So I'm not doing it. 
and I think yeah, I'm going to benefit from it. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, more, more with stuff like that. What else do I got? <clears throat> I've been listening to a lot more music, um, as I always am. I'm always trying to expand my listening experience, and so I have ten essential albums that I'm about to give you to recommend to you, and. Um, I'm going to give you five podcasts that I've been listening to <clears throat> uh, that I'm recommending. So I'm going to start with the podcast. The first is the Ron Burgundy podcast. It is from one of my top three movies of all time, which is Anchorman with Will Ferrell. And he's, he rep- rep- reprises his role as Ron Burgundy from Anchorman, but he's like hosting a podcast. And his co- co-host, her- Carolina, is hilarious. She's like so sarcastic. And he literally just bullies her. It's like a uh, it's like a Conan and Sona type of dynamic. I don't know if you know what that is, but um, he totally just like bullies her and is a, a total like misogynistic. Like you're you're supposed to like be like, oh my gosh, this guy is a horrible person and he's an idiot. But that's the point. That's why it's like so hilarious. Is is you're just like watching this guy and you're like, this guy is like disgusting. Like that's like the whole point of it. So. Um, that is a great one. I've been listening to that for like a couple of years now, and it's so funny. Um, and then another one is The Breakfast Club. I listened to their interview with Kanye, and it was it's so good. Like they're they're really really challenging to their guests, right? Like I watched this one clip, and one of their hosts is named Charlemagne. He goes like, Kanye, I didn't like the album Jesus, and not a lot of people liked it. What do you have to say about that? And it was like I was like, wow. I was like, you're going to say that to Kanye? Like, I would be so afraid. Like, I feel like he'd, like, flip a lid and go crazy. But Kanye had a really, like, humble answer about it. He was like, yeah, not a lot of people liked it. I was like, whatever. Uh, but they're so good, and they're really interesting, and they interview, like, everyone, right? Like, I listened to one that they did with Kendrick. They got ones with all these rapper guys, and um, it's really good, really, really good, really interesting. Um, next one I'm going to recommend is uh, – Good words with Kirk Franklin. So Kirk Franklin is like an enigma in pop culture. He is he's a Christian like gospel singer slash pastor, and he you know he made gospel music back in the early two thousands. But he is literally like, I'd say he's like the spiritual father of like of rap. Like he is literally like I'd say the spiritual father of rap. And the reason I say that is because like all of the rapper guys that you see who are, you know, expressively Christian, I think have a big connection with Kirk Franklin because he is a Christian, but he totally accepts pop culture and he isn't influenced by it. Like he still like follows God totally. But he's like, you know, like he appreciates pop culture and it's really refreshing to see. Um, and so he, 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 you know, he, he comes on songs like, like ultralight beam, you know, by Kanye at the end of ultralight beam, he, he, you know, he goes, uh, Father, there's prayers for everyone that feels they're not good enough. Like that guy with the really nice voice at the end of Ultralight Beam, that's Kirk Franklin. And then, you know, the guy in Chance's album um, and on the Craze album, like all these big guys, he's totally a influencer on. And so this podcast that he has, he interviews a bunch of guys. And the purpose of it is to like put good words out into the world, which I, I, I'm totally for. Right, like to put positive things in the world, and a lot. Some of it's about spirituality. Some of it's about, um, you know, mental health and finding your own journey, and you know, trying to find your calling and finding success and stuff like that. And so, 
he did he interviewed Steve Harvey, he interviewed Chance the Rapper, he interviewed Matthew McConaughey, um, a bunch of people. Uh, I'm recording some. Yeah. That was Tate. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, it's such a great podcast. I love it a lot. Um, and then second, second, so the next one is the most recommended one that I have is Southside Rabbi, which is hosted by KB and Amin, the Dream Hudson. They are like, this is the, it's such a good podcast. They're these like, these, KB is a rapper and Amin is, I think he's an author. He's a theologian and like a, um, just like uh, he reviews books and movies and he's a genius. They're both geniuses. They're these two um, black dudes from Southside St. Petersburg in Florida. And the stuff that they talk about is like so interesting. I've been listening to them for a while. They are so articulate with their words and it's a, it is, it is a Christian podcast, but um, it's about, they talk about a bunch of things. You know, they talk about, what's going on in hip hop. They talk about, I think their one on Jesus is King and on Donda was really good. So they talk about stuff with Kanye. Um, they talk about critical race theory and politics and the election and, you know, gun control and all these interesting issues. And they, they take it from a biblical worldview and also like a, they're very good and very politically minded guys. So Great podcast. I love it. There's a lot of love on that show. They support each other a lot. Um, and they got some really good interviews, too. They interviewed, um, what's the guy's name? Um, this is how we do it. That song? You know, nah, 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 nah. This is how we do it. I don't know what it is, but that guy, they interviewed that guy who did that song. And it was such a great interview. Talking about how he toured with, was it Run DMC? Maybe he was opening for Run DMC. I forget. I forget who it was, but it was such a great, it was such a great episode. Anyways, so they got good stuff there. Then my final recommendation for you guys um, is the NFR podcast. And the NFR podcast is like these guys are killing it. These guys are killing it. It's these two, uh, these two dudes, uh, Anthony and, and Lou. Lou, Anthony and Lou, yeah, and um, they grew up together, and they're major hip-hop fans, and these guys, like, this is truly, like, they have evolved my music taste so much, like, I I go into an album, into an album, like, I, with, in such an exquisite way, now, like, I literally, like, it feels like I'm, like, a food critic sitting down and tasting these different songs, and grading them on stuff like production style and lyricism and features and like general like story and cohesiveness and i could literally like they describe albums in the most beautiful way and they have all these different series they have um this song fantasy draft thing where they get like they each are they're given like a pool of like 15 songs and they take turns picking songs and creating their own album with these songs. And they have to somehow justify how it makes a cohesive album and why their album is better than the other guys. And they do debate series um, where they take like an album that one, one of them loves and they like kind of pit it against another album. And, you know, they each take one album and they argue at each other of why one is better. Um, and so they've done like, um, 
TPAB versus My Beautiful Dark Recent Fantasy, um, and Rodeo versus DS2. They just did that. Um, what else did they do? Oh, Forced Souls, Forced, uh, 2014 Forced Soul Drive versus um, Nothing Was the Same, which, in my opinion, easily goes to Forced Soul Drive. But, um, anyways, great show. They're great. It's a great podcast. It's my favorite podcast right now. Um, so that's what I'd recommend for you. Anyways, 10 albums that I'm going to go for you right now. These are albums that I've circled through in my past and that I'm circling through right now. And these are the albums that have such a high replay value for me, which is like, it means like, uh, like you're going to see, I just talked about like my appreciation for music has grown so much um, through the the NFR podcast and how this like, like you're going to see how I describe these albums is like, it, sound, it sounds like I'm a music music critic. So um, number 10 on the list, I'm going to go with Kid See Ghosts. Um, it's a collab album from Kid Cudi and Kanye West, who are, you know, they've worked together for a long time since 808s and Heartbreaks, and Kid Cudi is uh, second to Chance the Rapper. He's Kanye's best prodigy, I'd say, um, and he's not even Kanye's prodigy. Like, he's his own guy, um, but he is just, his his voice is incredible. Um, he's mastered this, like, art of humming on his songs and it makes every time he hums it's so therapeutic and it like brings the song together and he's such a genius with all of his work and then it's Kanye obviously and y'all know how I feel about Kanye um but it's like Kanye or it's like Kid Cudi coming on here and delivering these beautiful hooks and melodies and then Kanye just killing it with some bars and it's both of them expressing their um, mental health um, the track Reborn is such a like valuable song to me. It kind of carried me through a lot of times of anxiety and um, as well as the song Cuddy Montage at the end with Kanye singing like a, a gospel-related um, chorus at the end. It was just such a great cohesive album um, with, uh, you know, all, all filler, no, all, all, all killer, no filler, right? Which means every song is great. There's no fillers in there, except for Ghost Town Part 2, which I'm not a fan of, but everything else on there is, it's just phenomenal. Um, so that would be number 10. Number nine, I'm going to give uh, Restoration by Lecrae. This is one of my favorite albums of, of all time. Lecrae's best album. And uh, last year I was in the top uh, 0.1% of Lecrae's fan base, and it was because this album dropped. And I was just listening to it all the time. And I love it. Like, I I adore this project so much. Every single song on there is fantastic. Um, it's about also his mental health, his struggle with depression. And literally, like, it took me through quarantine. Like, this record, like, you know, was filled my listening for months. Um, and I, I still, you know, roll back tracks from this album. It's so good this the the song self-discovery his bars he's just like he's at the top of his game uh lecrae and you know seeing where he's coming from from the past couple of years struggling with depression is incredible like i I consume like this album i was so into it i watched the documentary i i listened to it the morning it came out Uh, you know i got i got sweatshirts i got two t-shirts from this album um i you know listened to the podcast that they put out i read the book like everything about this album, I just adore it. It, it kind of opened my mind to, to mental health and to the spiritual side of it. And such a great, such a great record, such a great record. 
At number eight, I'm going to put, um, hmm, what have I been listening to lately? Graduation by Kanye West. Um, I know most of you have already probably listened to this album, and if you haven't, you, you like you need to stop what you're doing right now and, and just go listen to it. Like that's all I'm gonna say. Listen to it. It um, every single song in this again. Most of these these albums, it's like every single song is beautiful, and that, that's the case with graduation. Like this is my favorite Kanye West album. Every single song in it to me is beautiful and holds a place in my heart. I could tell you stories about each song for me, like personal stories of times where I've like cried listening to it or like times where it's made me feel alive or times where I've, you know, been able to like bump it at a party or, you know, whatever it is. Um, this is just such, such a beautiful album. Um, and it holds such a great place in my heart. Um, so go listen to that. That's number, what is that? That's number eight. Number seven, um, I'm going to give to uh, Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper. This is my favorite album of all time. Again, no skips on this album, not a single skip, um, you know, from the hype, you know, triumphant intro with, you know, this very neo-soul gospel sound with the horns and everything from All We Got, which was my most played song. No was was like my second most played song of 2020 um you know his verse on there with kanye's you know synthesizer auto-tune in the background with the chicago children's choir is just so it's so good it's so good and then moving on to uh you know no problem which is one of the best rap bangers of all time um and just this mixtape is so fantastic um it's very anti-label um but he still gets one of the the most incredible feature lists of all time. I mean, he's got Young Thug, Lil Yachty, uh, um, Anderson Pac, Ty Dolla Sign, Kanye West, T Pain. Um, you know, he had Bass Tracks produce a song for him. He's just got like so many. B J. the Chicago Kid, like Thundercat. Did he get Thundercat on there? I don't think so. Um, Andre three thousand, three thousand, I think. No, no, Jay Electronica. Yeah, Jay Electronica. Um, such a great, like, so many highs on the album. Um, you know, it's like it, there, there's a song for every emotion, right? There's gospel-related songs when you feel like praising God. There's bangers when you're at a party and you're going, or you just want to feel hype. Um, there's, like, you know, trap sounds, like the song Mixtape. Um, there's really chill songs like Smoke Break. Um, there's songs that'll make you think about your friends, like Same Drugs and Summer Friends. And there's just so many highs on this album, and it is my favorite album of all time. It's like a combination of soul, um, jazz, gospel, and rap. Like, that's what it is. And those are, like, my favorite genres of all time. So, literally the the greatest album. Kirk Franklin has a feature on here um, where he, you know, kind of goes into this prayer and such great live instrumentals, live drums, live horns, live vocals. It's so good. Such such a good song. Or such a good album. Um, on top of that, um, I'm going to give it to Moondance by Van Morrison. This album came out in 1979, and it is, it's so good. It, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal album. Um, and... The only the only gripe I would have with this album is the track list doesn't necessarily evolve. Well, actually, no, never mind. I think it does. A lot of the songs have a similar style, 
but then he throws in ones that are like completely different. Like um, the song Moon Dance is like a very jazzy type song. And it's interesting to see the white man's take on jazz. And he does it pretty well. Um, and he is a jazz. Van Morrison is a jazz um, jazz guy. right? The song Close to Jazz is one of my favorite songs um, from him. And it, it's really great. The song Moon Dance is, is brilliant. The song Caravan. Or um, even that's what's uh, the one that's like da 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 da. I don't know, but it's it's so good. The band that he plays with is great, um, and the song "Crazy Love" will make you want to melt and cry. Um, so there we go. Let, let's do a recap. So far, we have "Kids See Ghosts" by Kanye West and Kid Cudi. We have "Restoration" by Lecrae. We have "Graduation" by Kanye West. We have "Coloring Book" by Chance the Rapper. And we have Moon Dance by Van Morrison. <sighs> okay, that's five. So we got five more left. Um, at number five, I'm going to give it to Flower Boy. Um, this is truly when Tyler, the Creator, became an artist. I think this is the first album where he really started to become an artist. And, of course, he had you know good stuff before that, but this is kind of really where he began to evolve and become something new and really... Um, this is going to sound corny, but Bloom. This is really when he started to bloom. Um, and there's, there, I don't think there's a skip on this album. Um, so many songs holding a place, an important place in my heart, right? Um, and even the outro is beautiful. It's just such a rich uh, instrumental. He's got great features on here from ASAP Rocky to Lil Wayne to, um, you know, um, who's the guy? Dark Steve Lacey um, and uh, Frank Ocean. So it's such a great album. That's number five. Number four is Blonde by Frank Ocean. And I, I don't even think I need to speak on this album. It speaks for itself. Its reputation is incredible. And, <clears throat> you know, Frank Ocean has not dropped an album in, like, almost... If, if this year goes by without him dropping an album, it will be six years. So he's gone five years without dropping an album. And this album is so powerful that it, he still remains relevant. Like, Frank Ocean is still relevant in today's culture strictly because of the album Blonde. And, of course, he's got other great projects like Nostalgia Ultra and Channel Orange. But this is such, such a great project. Um, Kanye West has some um, writing features on it. You can even hear him appear on uh, White Ferrari. But there's such great songs on here. Pink and White is, um, how do I put this? It's a perfect song. It's perfect. I don't think that there is a single flaw on this track. Um, and the record itself is is beautiful. It's beautiful all the way down to the album cover. Um, so what did I just say? I said Flower Boy and Blonde. Um, really excited to talk about my number one spot. But uh, number three, I'm going to give it to... And this isn't like in order of my favorite albums. Like I told you, Coloring Book is my favorite album. But... Um, Hmm. What could I give this to? Um, there's so many good ones I could pick. Uh, 